the Lord wanted to meet with Elijah. He told Elijah to go out of the cave onto the mountain. Just then, there came a great wind. The wind was so strong that it broke some rocks off the mountain. Elijah looked for the Lord in the wind, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was a great earthquake. The earth and the mountain shook with great force. Elijah looked for the Lord in the earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire. The fire was loud and very hot. Elijah looked for the Lord in the fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Then, after the fire, there was a still, small voice. When Elijah heard the still, small voice, that's when he recognized that the Lord was near. Elijah reverently covered his face with his mantle, and he walked out of the cave into the presence of the Lord. The Lord told Elijah that he wasn't alone there was still 7,000 Israelites who still wanted to follow the Lord. The Lord told Elijah to go back to the Israelites to anoint a new king and to call a new prophet. Elijah obeyed. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a still small voice. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for just able to meet together and just to stop for a few moments to learn more about you. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to each of our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I'd love to just share just a few thoughts about Elijah and the whisper. And the question I'd like you to think about this morning is this. Hopefully it should come up on the screen. What is God's plan for your life this term? Whether you're a small child, or whether you're a young adult, or whether you're retired, whatever your age is, what is God's plan for your life this term? Maybe as you go into the term, you're preparing to go back to uni or back to school. Maybe for some of you here, I know that this couple, it's a new university, going to uni for the first time. And for some here, it's going to a brand new school. 
Or maybe it's going into a new class or a new job. Or going back to just normality and family life and running the home. Maybe it's just thinking about an area of ministry that you're going to be serving in this term. But that question, what is God's plan for your life this term? What your plan is or what you've already hoped to do? What's God's plan for your life this term? How do you know what God's plan is for you this term? So at the end of July, as many of you know, we had our church week away. We went to a place called Focus, and we, had, um, more, we went last year for the first time as a church. We had more people come this year, and um, we had a wonderful week camping in sunshine and rain and queuing up for toilets and showers and all the wonderful things you do when you camp with 7,000 other people. And the keynote speaker, one of the keynote speakers for that week was a man called Rich Vilodas. I think that's how you pronounce his surname. And Rich Vilodas is the author of a number of books. He's the winner of Christianity Today Book Award. And he leads a church called New Life Fellowship, which is a large multiracial church with more than 75 countries represented in New York City. And many of us who were there were really blessed by Rich's ministry um, as he spoke each morning spoke about intimacy and silence and connecting with God and, and just, just remaining with God. And um, it was such a rich teaching. So one morning I was in the sort of coffee area. I had my coffee, I had my Bible, and I was just taking a few moments just to spend my devotional time just praying to God and just trying to hear God before the start of this new day. And I noticed on a sofa on sort of the other side of the coffee shop a group of people sort of speaking and mumbling and he kept looking at me and pointing in my direction. Then after a while, um, one of the members, this lady, gets up and she walks along in front of everybody to where I'm sitting and Richard wrote many books and she presents with me one of Richard's books. And she said, um, excuse me, sorry to disturb you, please would you sign my book? <laughs> now, we've got a picture of Rich that's going to come up on the screen. I mean, we both shave our hair off. So shall I keep, can you have that picture again? So we both have our hair shaven off. We both wear glasses. We both have brown skin. I think that's where the similarity stops. <laughs> Rich was the keynote speaker. I was not. He runs a church in New York City. I don't. He's an amazing communicator. I'm still very much learning. Um, and he's written lots of books. I've written no books at all. Probably never will. So I was thinking to myself, um, what do I say to this lady? She's walked all the way along in front of everybody. Um, if I say I'm not rich, then she's going to feel awful and embarrassed, and it's going to be so awkward. So I thought, I can't have that there in front of everybody, just um, her feeling so embarrassed. So I thought, maybe I should just sign her book. <laughs> so so I, I took the book, and then I thought, ah, but what's his surname? Is it, what is it, is it Vieira? Is it... Valera, <laughs> I couldn't remember the surname. And then I thought, is it Rich? Is it Richard? Is it Richie? I, I could easily get found out here. And what if she asked me any questions? What if I don't have an American accent? So I was weighing this up and I thought, you know what? Um, it's probably easier if I actually tell her the truth that I'm not Rich Valadas. So I, so I said to her, I said, I'm really sorry. I said, I'm not the person you think of. I'm not, I'm not rich. 
And she did feel awkward and embarrassed. And, and I was thinking, oh, no, I hope she doesn't think that all brown people look the same and all that stuff. And, <laughs> and so she went walking back to the sofa where she was sitting. And you could see the embarrassment on her. And people were looking at her. And then I thought, I felt so bad for her. I'm glad I was honest and told the truth. Could have had my moment of fame, though. But it's so easy to go through life trying to be somebody you're not. And it's so easy to go through this term, being involved in the things that we're not supposed to be involved in. How do we know who we are in Jesus and what God has called us? How do we stop pretending or being somebody else? And you'll probably already have an idea of the things you want to be involved in and this term, or what you should be doing. And others around you will definitely have an idea of what you should be doing and will have expectations about you and ideas of who you should be. But how do you really know? How do you hear God? How do you tune into God's voice? But at the beginning of this term, I think this is a great opportunity for us just to lay down some markers, draw a line, and look at the opportunities for us to reset and understand what God's plan is for each of our lives. Our reading is about a prophet called Elijah. And I've been reading this passage throughout the whole of the summer. It keeps coming back to me. It's like sort of a, a tennis game. Every time I put it down, I go to a service, and then someone else speaks on this passage. So it's something which God has been speaking to me personally, and there's so much in it. But I wanted to just share just a few thoughts about Elijah. If you know this wonderful story, you know that Elijah's had a victory on a mountain. He's killed all the prophets of Baal. And maybe he thinks out of this victory, then Ahab and his wife Jezebel, the king and the queen, they're going to just surrender to him and know now that Elijah believes in the true God. And as so often happens, when we have this wonderful mountaintop victorious experience, opposition comes. And Elijah gets fearful and he runs for his life. He doesn't check in with God and say, God, will you help me with this? He runs and he's gripped by fear. And it's into this experience that God meets him when he's on the run. There's three things I'd just love to briefly offer you this morning of how you can find God's plan for you this term, whether you're young or old, how we can hear God's whisper the same way Elijah heard God's whisper. And his spiritual life was restored, his ministry was restored, and he suddenly heard God's plan for his life. The first thing is this. The first thing is to pause. You have to pause. Give the next slide, please. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a very gentle whisper. Some translations say a very still voice. Take time each day to pause, to be still, and to be silent. And being silent isn't an age thing. It's not about whether we're young or old. All of us can be silent with God. It's not a personality thing. It doesn't matter whether we're introverts or extroverts. It doesn't matter if we've got ADHD or not. This is a spiritual practice which God calls us to do. And it's easier for some of us than others, but it's a spiritual discipline, a spiritual practice to be silent with God. It's a practice for everyone. Someone once said this, how can you hear God in the chaos if you're not used to hearing him in the silence? How do you hear God clearly when everything's going wrong and everything's falling apart if you haven't got in the habit of hearing him in the silence? Elijah hears God's voice. 
And it's not spectacular, it's not with the fireworks, it's not with the earthquake and the wind and the fire. When he hears God's voice, it's in the whisper. And I love that. Because sometimes we long for the earthquakes, the fireworks, the fire. And for some of us that went to focus, we were saying, well, you know, I didn't encounter God like other people. I was there with 7,000 people and worshipping, and I didn't have that earthquake, that firework experience. And for me, quite often, it's not when I'm at these festivals. It's when I come back, and I'm silent, and I slow down, and I allow all the dust to settle, because we need to be still for the dust to settle. And then I start to realize that God's been speaking to me and prompting me and nudging me in the earthquake, but I was too busy to hear. There was too much going on. The still, small whisper of God. We need to pause. God's always speaking. He longs to speak. But we get busy and we do ministry and we do work and we do family life. But God's not interested in just the 15 minutes that you spend in prayer. He's interested in the 24 hours and 45 minutes that you're not praying as you're going through your day. He wants to be part of every single part of our day. It's when we stop and pause. It's in the whisper that we hear God. So this term, how are you going to stop and pause and hear God's voice? Because that's the most important thing. How are you going to do that each day? Pause. And then the second thing is perspective. Our next slide, please. Perspective. The Lord said to Elijah, Go back the way you came. Go back the way which you thought was dangerous, where Jezebel's going to kill you, where she's out to get you. Go back the way you came. And how we view our problems changes after we see God. I love this because twice in this passage, God asks Elijah a question. He says, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah says, well, I've been faithful. I've followed you. Everyone else has turned from you. And now they're out to kill me. Oh, woe is me. And then God takes him through the wind and the earthquake and the fire, and he asks him the same question. What are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah says exactly the same thing. Oh, woe is me. Jezebel's out to kill me. I've been faithful. Everyone's turned from you. But I love that because what it shows us is, even in the small whisper, Elijah's problems are still there. Jezebel's still out to get him. But during this period, this session, this season, this encounter with God, of God's presence, he sees something of God which changes him. He sees actually he believes in a massive, gigantic God. His problems are still there, but God is bigger. And this may not surprise you, but when you leave this church this morning, when you walk out the doors, whatever problems you came in with, your problems are probably still going to be there. You're probably still going to go back to some of that mess, some of that chaos, some of that brokenness, some of the things you'll deal with, some of the financial problems. You're going to go back to them. But as God reminds Elijah, he reminds us, he's so much bigger. Yes, you go back to that, but you don't go back to it on your own. We don't face our problems by ourselves. Something changes when we've been in God's presence. Our perspective changes. And Elijah's reminded how big God is and he's not alone. And you're reminded, if you're following Jesus this morning, his promise is that you'll never be alone, whatever you face. Sometimes the storms break, sometimes we could go over and under, but more often than not, as we see in the Bible, we have to go through the storms. But God's promise is, if I'm with you, you go through the storms with me, and I'm so much bigger than the storms. God is so much bigger than Jezebel. God is so much bigger than your problems. 
we never face our problems alone. How we view our problems changes after we see God. That's perspective. So the first thing is to pause. That's the most important thing, that we pause and spend time with God. And as we do that, then our perspective changes. And we begin to see what we're dealing with, with God's eyes, that God is bigger. And the last thing out of that comes the plan. Next slide, please. God says, anoint Hazel as king over Aram also, anoint Jehu, son of Nishmi, as king over Israel, and anoint Elisha to succeed you as prophet. Finally, there's a plan. God always has a plan. Elijah doesn't have to do it all. God has a plan. And if you spend time in God's presence, listen to God's still voice, you will discover his plan for you, for your family, and for your life. God always has something new that he's speaking to our lives for because he's a creative God. And we have so many opportunities over this term to pause, to have a fresh perspective, and to hear God's plan for us and for our church. That's why we're pausing on Saturday, committing the, the, the term, meeting in person to commit the term to God, praying over various areas of ministry. It's just a time of open prayer, and there'll be prayer points around the church where we can just pray into committing this term to God. That's why we have our Matthew 18 prayer groups. That's starting up soon. So little groups for us can meet and be intercessing and praying and committing our lives and our church to the Lord. As we have the dynamic prayer meeting, every Tuesday morning, we can gather and invest and ask God to come and impact the life of our church. That's why we're going to make space in all our services for us just to wait and hear from God because it's so important that we hear the whisper, the still, small voice of God. It changes our perspective and we hear God's plan for our lives. I just want to finish this morning um, inviting um, two of our young people up to share just a, f- a few things that um, happened when we were on our church week away at Focus. And um, they're, they're not the apostles, but they are James and John. So James and John, would you like to come and join me, please? Really, guys. And obviously we had a wonderful time. You can't help but have a wonderful time when you spend like four or five days in God's presence and just being filled by the Spirit. But something happened on Saturday night. I'd love to just give a bit of context to that. So I had said to my boys, when the youth finishes at 9.30, can you come straight back to the tent? Just so I know you're still alive, you're still breathing. There's loads of people on the side. just want to check you to check in with me and you can go off and do stuff. 9.30 came. No, didn't see them. 9.35 came, didn't see them. 9.40 came, didn't see them. 9.45 came, didn't see them. And then a little bit after that, Michael and John come running up, just them, none of the other youth um, who went with us. And I said, where have you guys been? And he said, sorry, Dad, we're so sorry we're late. We couldn't get away because the Holy Spirit came in our youth meeting. So I was asking them what sort of happened, and then they sort of shared a bit of what happened to them, or they were praying for people, and people were praying for them, and there's healing going on, and, and um, other people were praying for them, and they were hearing words of knowledge. And then, they, and then I said, well, you better go back and carry on praying. So they left, and then Daisy and James came back, and then they were super excited, and they started telling everyone what was going on with them. So we were overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit, and then Amelia came back and was talking about how she got involved in praying for them and what the Lord was doing. And then other people came back, and we started to hear this story of how God was impacting all our young people at this meeting on Saturday night. Um, so, Jonathan, um, 
Maybe you could tell us just in your words what, what kind of happened to you. Because I think you, it started off with you going up for healing, didn't it? Because those of you who saw Jonathan at Focus could see he couldn't walk. He'd injured himself playing football when he was hobbling around. And you said, what's wrong with his feet? So you went up for healing. Maybe just share a bit what's, what, what happened. Uh, at Focus Youth, I asked for healing. And while I was getting killed, God filled me with the Holy Spirit and said that he's happy and proud for me to be his son. And he would want me to make a big difference in the world. And that really made me really happy. Amazing. Words of You know, I've learned over sort of 11 years of being ordained, 20 years of ministry, that when God speaks prophetic words, it changes people's destinies. And actually, there was a word spoken over me when I was 11. I didn't come to become a Christian until much later, but I was at Spring Harvest, and I held on to those words as an anchor. I kept coming back to them. And these words are special because they change destinies. And you were healed as well, yes? Yes. Fantastic. And, and you came back a bit later, John and Michael went, and then you and Daisy came back, and you were super excited, James, and what was going on with you guys? So, I went up to, for prayer multiple times, just, you know, for why not. Um, so, um, someone called me a microscope, so I could, like, see small things, and a megaphone, so I could change those things and help them for the better, and it really stuck with me, because it, it felt like something that I can live up to, something that I can follow, but, like, it's not an impossible task, like, oh, wow, you're just... Every, the world's going to be fully changed by you, but it's small things that I can point out that feels a lot to me. Brilliant. Thank you. It's amazing. That's so exciting. And, and even since we've come back, I've, I've heard from other parents who've been speaking about how their children encountered God, either on that night or during focus, so that, the difference that that made. And, you know, we spoke about this before we went, that, you know, the money we pay to go to these sort of festivals, you could probably go to Spain and have an amazing time. But actually what our young people see, those parents that warms our heart, is more precious than God. God speaking into their lives and them encountering God in a special and unique way, which is more precious than gold. Thank, thank you, guys. We'd like to just take us a break. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't matter how old we are or how young we are, all of us can hear God's still voice in the whisper. And God wants to speak to us. He's the God who is waiting to be wanted. doesn't matter how young or old you are. When you pause, when your perspective changes, God has a plan for each of our lives here this morning. That's what we're going to do now. If you're able, would you like to stand? You know, Jesus died for each one of us, not just so we can just get to heaven. He died for us so we can spend each day with him and grow in this relationship. And he has the most amazing plan for your life and for my life. And we're just going to just, just pause for a moment and be still in our service. And we're just going to invite God to come as he came for the, those children, that youth group, as he came for many of us at Focus, as he's continued to come, as we've returned home and been still and silent and reflected on all the things that he's been saying to us. We're just going to stop, pause, and be silent. And we invite you to be a Holy Spirit.
We don't want to go through this term pretending to be something we're not or being involved in the things that you've not called us to do. We want to know who we are in you, just to be ourselves, the way you've created us. To be affirmed and accept all of that. And we want to invest our time, our energy in the things that you've called us to do. For that, Lord, we know we need to just be slow. Stop. And listen to you. So this morning, Lord, we just lay our agendas down at your feet. At the beginning of this term, we lay our markers down. And we say, come, Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Come and fill us with your peace. Come and speak to our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit. Let's just wait. Let's just wait on him. So often when we do this, loads of thoughts start to come up. And that's okay. It's okay to have those thoughts. Did I put the oven on? Did I lock the car door? Did I do this or that? And the best way to deal with those thoughts is just to, just to accept them. Live a part of life and say, Lord, I just lift those thoughts to you, but I entrust this time to you. Maybe today or maybe over this, this summer period, you, there might be just a couple of people here, you have a sense that God is calling you into something. There's something he's been speaking on your life. It might be work or ministry or relational. Or, or it might even be just this morning that God has just laid something in your mind and your heart. that's you then you want to respond to that um, we, we're going to just have a team to pray for you Claudia and Sonia is going to be up here at the front and myself and just come and find us we'd love to just pray for you we think God is maybe just laying something new onto your heart just pray for clarity pray for discernment pray for wisdom maybe just to confirm something that you're already doing the team that you're already serving in just feel free just to come and just Grab Sonia Claudia and we will pray for you as we worship. Heavenly Father, thank you that you long to speak to us, that you long to reveal your heart to our hearts. Thank you that you have amazing plans for every single person here. And it's not about us trying to be someone else. You call us to be just who we are. That's all you want and you, you'll use that. And I pray, Lord, that if you're speaking to anyone this morning, that as they have the courage to respond to that, that you'll make your way more clear to them.
We don't have to wrestle with what's your plan for us this term. That's your job. We just need to be silent and pause in your presence. Kirsty and Yvette are going to just lead us in the next worship song. And while I do that, um, we're just going to have this space for us to continue to receive. Um, feel free just to receive whatever the Lord is saying to you. If you want to come and get some prayer, then we're here to pray for you. But this is your space, your time. Get on this turn to start afresh, to reset, and to receive whatever God's saying to you.
if you weren't brave enough to come forward but you felt nudged then please ask for prayer after the service